putting the scat in eschatology. It's the Drew Marshall Show. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Yeah, girl. Well, the internationally renowned priest and author, respected professor and beloved uh, pastor Henry Nowen wrote over 40 books on the spiritual life since his death in 1996. Ever-increasing numbers of readers, writers, teachers, and seekers have been guided by his literary legacy. Nowen's books have now sold over 2 million copies and published in over 22 languages. He was born in Holland back in 1932 felt called to the priesthood at a very young age. He was ordained in 57 as a uh, diocesan, 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 delicatessen. As a delicatessen priest. <laughs> studied psychology at the uh, Catholic University of, mm, I don't know how to pronounce this, Nimigan? Nimigan? Nimigan. Nimigan? In 1964, don't care, we've moved on. In 1964, he moved to the United States to study at the uh, Manager Clinic. He went on to teach at the University of Notre Dame and the Divinity Schools of Yale and Harvard. For several months during the 1970s, Henry Nouwen lived and worked with the uh, Trappist monks in the Abbey of the Genesee. Genesee? Did I say that right? There's so many words I can't pronounce in life. Have you ever noticed that, Tim? Well, just wait to go to the Camino Trail. That'll, that'll mess you <laughs> up. Turn left here. What yep. does that mean? I also can't wait to meet Chai Chai Rodriguez. In his pet Chihuahua. <laughs> Um, anyway, lots about this gentleman, but here's where I found out about him was at the L'Arche community. In 1985, he was called to join L'Arche in Trusley, France. First of over 100 communities founded by Jean Vanier, former guest of our show, where people with developmental disabilities live with assistance. A year later, Nowen came to make his home at L'Arche Daybreak near Toronto, Canada, and he died suddenly on September 21st, 1996 in Holland. And his uh, he's buried in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Uh, my father actually did the... Uh, the funeral for Henry now, and he said it was really, yeah. He said it was wow. one of the most. I uh, I was I remember talking to him about it. Did you ever do a funeral for you know it was someone famous? It was a big deal. Someone you, know, yeah. you, you were stressed, and he said that was a huge one. Huge wow. one. Sister Sue Mosteller was a colleague and close friend of Father Henry Nowen when he lived at L'Arche Daybreak, founded by Jean Vanier. Father Nowen credited her with being instrumental in fostering a maturity in his spirituality, and as he states in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, Mosteller opened up the third phase of my spiritual journey. Her words struck me like a thunderbolt. Uh, I would like to ask Sister Sue what the third phase of his spiritual journey is. Why don't we talk to Sister Sue? Sure. Sister Sue, this is Hello. Drew. How are you? <laughs> Fine, thanks. How are you, Drew? I'm quite well. Good. Third phase of his spiritual journey. Well, that sounds very um, pyramidic, very Egyptian-ish. What are we talking about here? Uh, he was contemplating that parable of the prodigal son, and he was also doing it with the help of the Rembrandt painting of the prodigal son. And I don't know if you've seen that, but it's a famous painting, uh, painted in the 17th century. And uh, he was... Uh, identifying himself with the younger son who ran away from home, took his inheritance and squandered it. And then he identified himself with the elder son who stayed home and looked really good, but was in fact quite resentful and um, not very uh, open to his brother who had run away and so on. 
But the third identification that I think Henry was hoping for and lacking a little bit was the identification with the father who welcomed home the son who had taken the inheritance and squandered it and gave him a position back in the house again as the father who loved his son and who also uh, approached the resentful one and wanted him to come in and be around the table with his brother and with the family being together. So the love of the father was something that mirrored the love of God. And uh, I think Henry was uh, moving in that direction, that he himself realized his need to identify and become much more like the father who welcomes people and who says, you know, you're welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, come and be around the table. Well, the first annual Henry Nouwen Lecture with Jim Wallace is presented by the Henry Nouwen Society and takes place tonight, November 14th, 8 p.m. at Convocation Hall at the University of Toronto's downtown campus. Tickets are 20 bucks. You can go to uofttix.ca, uofttix.ca, or get get them at the door. Uh, Sister Sue, will you be going to that tonight? I'll be there. Excellent. I look forward to uh, seeing you again. Um, what is it about Henry Nouwen that you wish people really, really, really knew? That's a good question. <clears throat> I think the the heart of Henry Nouwen is the thing that uh, touches most of us. He he was very bright. He was very intelligent. He, he had that rare quality of being very bright and at the same time having a very sensitive and beautiful heart. And uh, so when he was relating with people, his heart was the thing that he was really listening. He was very sensitive. He he uh, wanted to encourage people in life. He wanted to affirm them. And I think that's the thing that I'd like him to be known by. Do you, you know, he's quoted. He's so quoted. He's one of the most quotable people out there these days. Do you have a favorite quote of his? I can't tell you one right off the top of my head. I have a lot of things in my brain about Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no direct quotes. How about you, Tim? Because I know you like to quote oh, yeah. uh, various people. Um, I thought, have you ever quoted me, by the way? Uh, yes, I have, but I can't do that on air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. I think one that uh, might be fairly applicable today. Did I offer peace today? Did I bring a smile to someone's face? Did I say words of healing? Did I let my anger or resentment go? Did I forgive? Did I love? These are the real questions. Yeah, I like uh, that. Yeah, that's true. That's where he, he went straight to the real questions. He wasn't abstract in his spirituality at all. He was really talking about the things that touch us all, love and loneliness and brokenheartedness, and he ignored all the complexities around spirituality, refused to get into that, but really met people where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I found out about Henry Nouwen was through, I don't know, some super spiritual Christian person who told me I should read some of his books or one of his books. And, and you know, I get people say that a lot. And so until you hear it about six times, you don't really do anything about it unless it's someone you really admire and they're suggesting this book. And uh, then I thought, wow, this guy's amazing. So I looked in, into it a little bit more. And you know what I realized? And uh, this this just baffles me. I grew up at a place called Marshall Funeral Home on Young Street in Richmond Hill. And just down the street from me was, I think it was at St. Mary's. Is that what it's called, Sister Sue? That's right. St. Mary's Catholic Church. And my playground was Young Street in Richmond Hill. And I would play around the bank. I would play around the the convenience store, the parking lots, the the golf uh, gas station beside me, the car wash. Yeah, golf. Remember golf? (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, that really dates us, doesn't it? And then St. Mary's Church. I'd kind of run around there and play with my friends or whatever. And, uh, And... 
I, you know, I just never knew about this man. I never knew that this man was there when I was growing up just up the street from him. You know, you think of these big super spiritual heroes as, you know, I don't know, living in India or something, not just down the street from you, right? And then I started reading Mike Iaconelli. Mm. He's now one of my favorite authors. And Mike Iaconelli wrote a book called Messy Spirituality, one of my favorite books. And he spoke of a place called L'Arche. And I started looking into L'Arche. And then I found out about Jean Vanier. And then I found out about Henry Nouwen more again. More, more again. That makes sense. Now and again. Now and again. And then I realized that the L'Arche community he was talking about was just up the street <laughs> where I was growing up. That's always the case. Yeah. And so I said, I've got to go to this place and spend a whole chunk of time there. And that's where I first met Sister Sue. Mm. And Sister Sue, I have failed miserably trying to explain to people what the L'Arche community is. So can I tell you what I've told people and you tell me how screwed up my definition is? <laughs> can we do that? Certainly. Okay. L'Arche community is a community of, of uh, development. I don't even know the right terms these days. Developmentally challenged adults who live with quote-unquote normal people. How horrible is that? And, and But it's not an us and them community. It's everyone living together. Um, and, and it is one of the most transformational communities of unconditional love I've ever witnessed. That's what I say. How did Sounds I do? Good. Sounds very good. Sounds good. What it's would you add to ideal. it? It's a little ideal, but I mean, that's the partial reality. Of, it is a great place. It's a, it's a wonderful place. And we, we just try to live together to welcome the gifts of each one and uh, to help each one to grow and to mature and to become as fully human as they can. I, what is it about that community that reeks of grace, that reeks of love, that reeks of, of, of forgiveness, that, that reeks of, I don't want to get too spiritual here, but it reeks of Jesus. What is it about a community of developmentally challenged adults that smells more like Jesus than the real world, Sister Sue? You know, I, I, for myself, as you said, it was a transformational community, and one of the things that happened to me during my time there was that I really got a hold of that first beatitude that says, blessed are the poor, and it doesn't say, blessed are those who care for the poor. <laughs> so suddenly you look and you say, what is the gift of someone who has been marginalized and who has suffered a lot? And uh, as Henry said, and as I can say, and so many of us can say that, you know, our people became our teachers in so many realms of just spontaneity, welcome, generosity, goodness, kindness. Uh, these are just the things that I discovered uh, through others, and they taught me a lot about how to live that. Tim? Yeah, I've got to, I, as I was thinking about some of the quotes, and I just, I mean, some of them I can't remember for words, so I looked a couple of them up, and there's So two, you cheated? Is that I what cheated I'm a little bit, because, right. no, they're so familiar you're, you're to me. you're cheating in front of a sister, do you realize so, okay, that? But I'm cheating for the Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two specifically refer to um, the differently able. People with handicaps teach me that being is more important than doing, the heart is more important than the mind, and that caring together is better than caring alone. And also the one I think you sort of touched on, Drew, and wondering how do you explain this? Why is God with these seems to be more in this room than others? And in their poverty, poverty, the mentally handicapped reveal God to us and hold us close to the gospel. Those are two, I think, pretty you know powerful and I don't want to say self-explanatory, but yeah. definitely things that touch on where he was coming from. And I think why it, it was that way. 
Sister Sue, who do you who do you like better, Jean Vanier or Henry Nouwen? I never compare. <laughs> <laughs> I never compare. They're two friends, and they're both people who have influenced me enormously. I've just been graced to know them both, to work with them both, and to love them both. So, I mean, to use the term spiritual hero might be a little overkill, but do you have any spiritual heroes other than the two we just spoke of? Well, again, some of my spiritual heroes would be the people that I met at L'Arche Daybreak who suffered a lot in life, who had intellectual disabilities, but who knew and loved the true God in a way that I, I would find challenging. Okay, I don't want to get into a sensitive thing here with you, Sister Sue, but I'm but I'm going to. Are you over 70? I, I am. I'm 82. You are not. <laughs> okay, so this is what I want to ask. When did you? At what age did you become a nun? Nineteen. You were nineteen when you became a nun. Now you're eighty-two. Right. What lot, is the uh, difference? Yeah. What is the main main difference in your in your spirituality these days? And I want to just while you're thinking of that, you know, I would sort of align that with the way Billy Graham talks about his faith these days, as compared to his fire and brimstone days. Yeah. It seems like he's lightened up a little bit, yeah. un unlike his son, Franklin, mm. who seems to be going the other way. Um, Sister Sue, what's different about you spiritually from, well, I, you know, I know that we're talking about an infancy in some ways of spiritual infancy when you're 19, but along the way, how would you, how would you sort of summarize your, your spiritual walk? I would say that uh, I've lived through so many world events and so much change that it's unimaginable, really. And um, these things, I think, have opened my heart to realize the goodness and the beauty of all my brothers and sisters from every background and tradition, hmm. and um, to really care about what's happening in the world and to really pray and listen to the suffering and to try to be present in those areas and those realms where people suffer. I think I'm much more sensitive and much more um, attuned than I was early on. I, I knew realities, but I didn't know them since I've traveled, since I've met so many people, since I've been able to uh, come in contact with some of the beauty and the depth and the wisdom and the goodness of especially the poor and the people who have suffered. Well, again, the first annual Henry Nouwen Lecture with Jim Wallace, presented by the Henry Nouwen Society, takes place tonight, November 14th, 8 p.m. at Convocation Hall, the University of Toronto's downtown campus. Tickets are 20 bucks. You can get them at uofttix.ca, that's T-I-X, or at the door. And if you would like to come and meet Sister Sue and Brother Drew, we will, we will both be there tonight with bells on. Uh, what a pleasure to have you on our show, Sister Sue. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're really welcome. It's been good to be here. I look forward to seeing you tonight. Thanks a lot, Drew. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye now. All right, folks, a very short break. For Jesus, there are no countries to be conquered, no ideals to be imposed, no people to be dominated. There are only children, women, and men to be loved. Henry now. Come on, the peace train. Train the holy roller.